Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. And we're so glad you tuned in this week. We've got a fun episode talking about Halloween as we celebrate it in a couple days. But if you haven't shared it already or if you haven't shared it on your socials, sent a text to somebody, please do so. We would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate you leaving a review on Apple or wherever you listen to this podcast. Yeah. So we're talking about Halloween. Question of the week best Halloween prank you've ever been a part of or you've ever done? Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and say that I cannot answer this question. Uh, We'll talk about my um, history with Halloween (laughs) uh, in just a few minutes, but I did not celebrate it, wasn't a part of it, really wasn't allowed to be a part of anything that resembled Halloween. And so there were really never any pranks that I was a part of, but there were a couple of pranks that I gave approval on And uh, that approval was given to you back-to-back years, several years ago. And so why don't you tell us about those few pranks that you pulled on the kids here at Hill City? I've never shared these stories publicly, (laughs) so if I get in trouble, you have it on the record that you did give approval for these pranks. Ah, I did. So, yeah, it falls on me. (laughs) The first year we decided to take our students on a, uh, we had about 20, 30 kids coming, um, and we decided to play a prank on your family's property. Yep. Your uncle owns this piece of property, this park called Arthur Park. Yeah. Well, it's just his land and it's just woods. And he found or whatever this sign that says Arthur Park and he put it up in his yard. Yeah. I don't even know how he got it, but that's the story. So we came up with a plan as a staff, like my volunteer staff, the student ministry, Josh McCain was a part of it. Uh, Christian uh, Roberts, Justin Baird. Uh, Andrew Asher and your nephew, Ben yeah. Turner, who was probably grade two at the time, grade two or two or three. Yeah. Elementary school for sure. Uh-huh. And so we came up with this idea. We were going to do a scavenger hunt for the kids in the woods. So they think they're coming to do a, a scavenger hunt, but each, uh, place that has like a riddle or the next, the next clue clue for the scavenger hunt there, it was a distraction so that they would get scared in the prank or scared in, yeah, what we were doing. In the woods, yeah. And so we had people dressed up as clowns and gully suits. Well, your uncle comes out when we bring all the students there, and he tells them this story about how his twin brother committed suicide in these woods, and that's why he called it Arthur Park. Yeah, at (laughs) at age like five or six, whatever age Ben was. (laughs) Whatever age Ben was. So we actually had a professional artist come in and make it look like Ben's head was half shot off. And it was a pretty great job. Ghostly looking, just staggering through the woods. So he creates this story for our students talking about if you hear like these sounds, there's legend has it that these woods are haunted. So I have Ben just roaming aimlessly in these woods with his half yeah. of his face looking like it's shot off. Have people in gully costumes, have some clowns. Andrew Asher was a clown uh, with a chainsaw. And so the kids go through it and you hear screaming. It, it was just a great fun Frank, Allie Stumler, who uh, now is a national champion volleyball player for the University of Kentucky, she peed her pants in yeah. during this and event. You, to- you told me this story right before we started recording, and I did not know that. Yeah, so she's probably ashamed that I just let the world know <laughs> that she peed herself. But I don't think she would be uh, upset if I tell that. But that's not even the best yeah. prank. No. The greatest prank story, one of the greatest of all times, and it was Halloween, was the very next year. It's 2015. At this time, we had developed a really good ministry with Cross Creek Apartments in New Albany, um, lower income families. And I would take our 15 passenger van and I would pick up anywhere from 12 to 18 kids in our 15 passenger van. Don't sue me for that. 
and bring them up to our youth services. Mm -hmm. And I did this for two, three years, had these kids developed a really good relationship with these kids. And we came up with a plan to prank them. And so this Wednesday night, I have a bag of fake blood taped to my chest the entire night, the entire night of me speaking, because this prank was planned. And so I have Josh McCain with me. He was my right-hand guy at the time. And the, the plan was to take him home, but none of these kids know where he is. So we're driving to actually your old, your family's property, the chicken coop up here off Bannett Road. Yep. And the plan was we're going to drive here and I'm going to pretend to drop Josh off at his house. The problem is, is there's going to be this really creepy looking dude dragging a, a, a big bag, bag yep. which looks like a body that is Andrew Asher. Again, he's a part of this prank. And so I'll just tell the prank instead of setting it up. Yeah. So we, we're driving here and we get to the chicken coop and there's Andrew Asher dragging this bag and it legitimately, he did such a great job of, it looked like a body and you hear the kids in the back, right? They're like, oh my gosh, he he's there's language used, right? He's yeah. got he's got a body. That guy's yeah. that, that guy murdered somebody. He's so everybody's on high alert, okay? The setup to the prank is is great. And so Josh rolls down his window, starts yelling at this guy, hey, this is private property. You're not supposed to be here. What are you doing? And Andrew's like yelling back, like, none of your business, mind your own business. And he keeps dragging this body. And you can tell like, you can't tell because it was dark, but there's like fluids following this body. We had fake blood out yeah. there. And so I pull in and I'm like, I, I got to confront this guy. This, this guy's yeah, this got This is a, Shannon's property. This we is Shannon's yeah. property. This guy's committed a murder. And, and we have video evidence of this. So I had my phone, we, Cody Tevis set up some video stuff. We actually got like it on GoPros. video. GoPros. We, we lost the footage, but we had it and it was hilarious. And so these kids are on high alert. Corey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm like, I got to, I got to confront this guy. And so I get out and Josh is like, everybody lock the doors, you know? So I go over and I get into an altercation with Andrew, all, all fake. Of course, Andrew pulls out from his back seat, a um, chainsaw yep. without the chain on, yep. but they don't know that starts it up, starts it up. It's like, Oh, like, cause we were pushing each other, kind of getting into it. So he goes to his car, grabs this chainsaw, rips it and, and <laughs> smacks me with it. When he smacks me with it, it hits my bag of fake blood and explodes it. Perfect. We couldn't have planned this prank better. So I like, look like I got cut in half by this chainsaw. And I turn around towards the van and I'm like, Bleh! like blood's just everywhere. When you look at the footage of these kids in the van, they were screaming, okay? Oh, freaking Three out. of them, three of them took off running. They out were of the van. Out of the van. We picked them up at the stop sign at Bannett Road. So if you know where the chicken coop is, they ran like a quarter mile. When I ended up, when the prank was done and we found them, they were like a quarter mile away. Yeah. So three of them go running. Half of them are jumping into the back seat. Josh is like, lock the doors. Andrew goes running towards the van and he starts <laughs> hitting the side of the van with the chainsaw. Like, yeah, I'm going to murder right. all of you. No one's getting out alive. Everybody's going to die. Well, it oh actually was a double prank. Traumatized. It was a double prank. They, The leaders had come up with a plan to also prank me at this. I don't know if you remember this, but Teddy Varen comes out in a gully costume. And I did not know. He was not a part of the prank. And he comes out with a rifle and starts firing blanks into the into the air. What are you guys doing on my property? So 
when Andrew tells the story, it's a double prank on me because I didn't know this was a part of it. Yeah. So I pop up. I'm like, this is a prank. No, don't shoot. Don't kill anybody. Like <laughs> These kids are part of my now. responsibility. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it was like a double prank. We get, you're right, everybody like calms down. They figure out it's a prank. I get back in the van. Josh is laughing. Everybody's laughing. Andrew, I, I tell everybody, this is my good friend, Andrew, and he. this is not a bad body. This was a prank. We got you. One of the kids actually stole my phone, and on the video, you hear him say, oh, Corey left his phone. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> he grabs it. Because he <laughs> thought you were dead. <laughs> he thought I was dead. <laughs> and uh, we get back in there. Jonathan, he was the only eighth grader I allowed to come up with these high school kids. Um, I actually didn't know that he was in eighth grade until like later on. But then I, at that time it was too late. So I let him go. And uh, Jonathan is crying and Jonathan looks at me and goes, Corey, I thought you were dead. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, I saw this oh. kid like three weeks ago and he brings this story up. Yeah. Oh, it was one of the greatest pranks I, I ever did. Pulled up to the stop sign, picked up those three kids. Everyone was mad, cussing at me and it has gone down as the greatest prank I've ever done. Yeah, no, there was a lot of planning in that. I remember it. I remember giving approval to all of that. <laughs> and uh, I really wish we still had that footage. Yeah. You know, you can I think thank I was, Cody for that. He lost yeah, it all. On. That's okay. I think you had your phone at one point and there was some kind of video or recording or something, but you couldn't see anything. But all you could do is hear, you could hear the them kids screaming from Cross Creek screaming and yeah. cussing and freaking out. <laughs> and that was like, the we're going to die. <laughs> Oh. oh man, Halloween pranks. So yeah, I wasn't a part of anything like that. I've never pranked anyone. I don't even know if I've ever pranked anyone just to prank them. Like disregard Halloween. Like I just, that's not I, something I do. I could do. have a whole episode of pranks that I have done and things that have been done to me, but yeah. not a, not time for this. No, it's all good. Yeah, because honestly, it goes back to me. I just, Halloween wasn't a big part of our life. Why is that? I wasn't a, allowed to celebrate it in the church. It's one of those things where, you know, the, the leaders here and including my parents, they just, they did, they didn't have a good grasp on it. They didn't know, should we do it? Should we not celebrate it? And there was just that uncertainty for them around it and hearing things like, Oh, well, it's the devil's holiday and you don't want to, you know, celebrate anything that has to do with the demonic. And they go to scripture, flee the appearance of evil. And they said, well, it's all wrapped up in evil. And so we just stayed really far away from it. I think I shared a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. on the podcast how we weren't allowed to celebrate Halloween, but here at the church, the the parents put on a hallelujah night instead of Halloween night. Lame and ironic at the I same mean, time. I mean, yeah, because we still dressed up in costumes, <laughs> but only of Bible characters. Right. And we still got candy. Uh, and so, yeah. I don't have, I don't relate to that at all because my we celebrated Halloween and it was one of my favorite holidays because my family actually did. I'm one of four boys. So the six of us as a family, we would, oftentimes dress in like characters. And so we have pictures of my parents, Adam's family, Adam's family. And we were all different characters in the Adam's family. I remember my favorite like memory of Halloween is going as my dad, a Michigan state hockey player in, in our neighborhood with all my friends. And we had a lot of neighborhood parties where you get to meet a lot of neighbors. So Halloween for me always, I never associated it with demonic or evil because Halloween was always, always celebrated well. And we had a ton of fun and we got free candy. What's there not to like about free candy? And at the time, my dad was in the business world. He wasn't in ministry yet. And so we lived in a really nice neighborhood, a neighborhood where a lot of other people would come to our neighborhood to celebrate it because we had the king size bars and everything yeah, like that. Candy so bars. Oh, yeah. I had a great Halloween experience. Yeah. But why don't we do that? Why don't we do this? Why don't we just talk about Halloween, yep. though? I think it'd be good for us to give a, a little bit of background. And perspective. Um, and perspective, because we there are still people on both sides of this, mm -hmm. of the debate. Should we should we celebrate this? Should we not? 
it's evil and we shouldn't, or no, it's fun and loving and let's just all have a good time. And so I really do think that um, maybe our listeners would like to hear a little bit of both perspective. Sure. Um, perspectives on that. So, so let's, let's get just, the history. Yeah, let's let's talk about the history. So basically Halloween um, kind of started as a pagan religious Celtic festival called Samhain. And basically ancient um, uh, Celts used earth fires at homes while they gathered harvest. Here cattle was sacrificed because they believed the barrier between the worlds, the spiritual world and the natural world, was breachable during Samhain. And this festival, this festival uh, progressed in the Middle Ages, and the fires were used to protect families from fairies and witches and carved turnips, which now we know as jack-o'-lanterns, they begin to appear at this time as well. Mm-hmm. And Christian Samhain gained popularity in the 5th century from Pope Boniface. Am I saying Boniface, that right? Boniface, something Whatever. like that. Because as church leaders attempted to reframe Samhain as a Christian celebration, he moved it to May 13th to celebrate saints and martyrs, but the fall fires continued. Mm-hmm. And so then in the ninth century, we're talking like 400 years later, Pope Gregory moved it back to the time of the fire festivals, but declared it All Saints Day, which is November 1st, and mm-hmm. is still celebrated, still celebrated today. today, and All Souls Day on the 2nd, which is a day to honor the dead. And so this included dressing up in costumes. And this is what I love in this uh, date on All Souls Day, they would dress up in these costumes as a jest of mockery on evil. And basically it was this attempt to make fun of um, the enemy, so to speak, mm-hmm. to say, hey, you don't have any more power. So they were mocking the spirits, the enemy, sure. the evil as Christians, because we have the power and authority. Mm-hmm. And so that was the church's attempt at replacing the the Celtic festival. And so um, the thing is, though, none of these newer holidays, whether it was All Saints or All Souls Day, they never did away with the pagan aspects that was celebrated on October 31st. And so then Christians um, came up with what is called All Hallows Eve. And All Hallows Eve, that's where we get the word Halloween. And even today, right, Halloween, it still contains maybe much of the traditional pagan practices um, before being adopted in the 19th century America through Irish immigrants bringing their traditions across the ocean, right? Which is why we still today do trick-or-treating mm-hmm. and go That's actually door to new. door. Going door to door and trick-or-treating happened in the 19th century, which was studying this topic. I did not know that. Yeah. And so there was basically in the 19th century, there was this move during this time in America to mold Halloween because of the trick-or-treating and door-to-door to mold Halloween into a holiday more about community and neighborly get-togethers than about ghosts, pranks, and witchcraft. Yep. And so a lot of people started celebrating Halloween. It became a pastime almost for the American culture, as most of us have a understanding about Halloween to a degree. Not Now, some of that background might have been news for a lot of you if you've never actually studied the history of Halloween. But the reality is, is for me, because we celebrated it and I grew up in kind of like a Baptist yet non-denomination church. I never really heard of negative connotations around Halloween until I started becoming a pastor and hearing stories like yours where you didn't grow up celebrating it or hearing about like VBSs that 
that changed the ideology around it or hearing hearing that that Halloween had this negative connotation they kind of like shocked me a little bit yeah. I mean honestly I remember being home on Halloween and my mom and dad making sure that we had the lights out mm-hmm. we don't want anybody coming to our door because we're not giving them any candy and mm-hmm. so Honestly, we just hide for me without lights. We, I remember these without people the outside and they on. were either one of our neighbors was a, a Buddhist and they didn't celebrate it. And so they were dark, but the other people that were dark in our neighborhood, we just assumed that those were the loser Christians. <laughs> That's what we thought about. We're yeah. like, man, they're the loser people. They, they don't, they don't celebrate it. And the reality is, as I get it, because there is some spooky concept. I know in today's modern day with movies like Saw and all of the the scary movies that come out around Halloween, that that kind of popularity where it's real focus on evil and like the and spooky death. and death, yeah. that became popular with the growth of Wicca in the 80s, actually. So that's 40 years ago. That became prevalent during this season. And so there's been much back and forth between certain groups of Christians uh, about whether or not Christians should partake in Halloween. Yeah, and I do want to say right now that we're not trying to persuade. Mm-hmm. We definitely are people who never want to shame or cast judgment. For sure. And so if you still are a person who has hesitancy around Halloween, and if you still do not want to observe it and you still want to flee away from it, we're not going to judge you. We're for not sure. going to say you're a loser, you're wrong, but we also are just trying to bring a different perspective for you to think about. And then the opposite side, if you go all out and you know, want to do whatever you want to do on Halloween and celebrate and see it as joy and festival and kids and fun, that's fine too. And we're not going to shame you and say, no, as a follower of Jesus, you can't live like that, or you should think differently too. You know, so I just want to make sure that our our listeners know that there is no shame or judgment with any of this stuff. We're just trying to bring some perspectives to both sides. I believe in conviction, but don't make your convictions, the mandatory convictions of others. Um, I think it's really, really important for us to understand that. However, a lot of people that that are against Halloween talk about the pagan origins, which facts, there are pagan origins of Halloween. But the irony about that statement is there's also a lot of pagan organs, 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 I said organs, origins for a lot of the traditions or a lot of the things that we do as Americans. You can even look these up on Google. I, I just did a quick Google search and found several like um, covering your mouth when you yawn. In Rome, doctors had a clever but wrong theory about yawning and infant mortality yawning allowed a person's vital life essence to escape their body and covering it with your hand was the only way to stop it and ultimately uh, the only way to stop you from dying as an infant and we still do this today but don't know that that has pagan origins origins uh wedding rings one of the biggest pagan celebrations rings aren't pagan in and of themselves but putting them on your ring finger is in fact, in the Greek and the Roman beliefs, your fourth finger or your ring finger was thought to have a vein that ran directly to your heart. By placing your wedding ring here, you were making a strong and eternal commitment to love. I didn't know that had pagan origins. Crazy. And two other uh, festivals or things that we celebrate, especially in the Christian world, Easter. The term Easter is derived from estro or whatever, e- probably estro because it's German- Germanic, 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 Germanic pagan goddess. Uh, as the goddess is sometimes associated with fertility, followers would sometimes present her with colored eggs as a way to encourage pregnancy. That's where we get eggs, hunts. Yeah, the Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny had no idea that that's where it actually came from, from the uh, uh, Germanic goddess. Yeah. Crazy. Well, even honestly, Christmas. Yeah. The reason why we celebrate it on December 25th is there was a pagan festival holiday that they used to celebrate, and 
because we really don't know the exact date that right. Jesus was born, but we celebrated December 25th because they tried to cover up the pagan festival. Let's all, let's celebrate something that, you know, um, is enriching and is life giving. Let's celebrate Jesus, not some pagan holiday or goddess or, you know, other false God. Let, let's celebrate Jesus. Yeah. And so, but the thing is though, people get all like freaked out about that, but it's not the date that's important. It's what we're actually celebrating, right? That Jesus was born as a man, right? God came in flesh. And so anyway, Facts. let's move on. Well, the last couple is bridesmaids in ancient times. Bridesmaids wore identical dresses and veils to that of the bride. It's changed a little bit now in American culture. But all this matchiness had a purpose, and that purpose was to trick evil spirits into attacking a a bridesmaid instead of the bride herself, which is, that just blows my mind that that was even a tradition. Other pagan roots are days of the week, birthday candles, kissing under the mistletoe. And so... Yeah, I think our point in bringing that up is it's less about the roots of something and more about how you could redeem something Yeah, because we're all redeemed in Christ. And so how you look at things and how you view certain things are what give things power. Right. And so like actually last year at this time, I wrote a blog and I'm just going to read it. It was a blog around Christmas. This is how we'll kind of close unless you have anything else that you want to say. No, go ahead. I'll chime in if I want to. But here's my blog. I I wrote it on saintsnotcenter.com talking about Halloween. I have some of my favorite childhood memories around Halloween, from dressing up like my hero, who was my dad, to running around getting free candy, what is not to love about Halloween. Honestly, I never heard anything negative about the holiday until I got involved in church ministry. The amount of Christians who have a problem with Halloween or don't celebrate it because some people have demonized it is like not celebrating Christmas because most Americans focus on gifts and not Jesus, kind of what you were bringing up earlier. I'm not writing to give a history lesson about how Halloween was started and the meanings behind why it changed over the centuries from the original ancient Celtic holiday of Samhain. I'm writing to give perspective. In today's American culture, we as Christians have an incredible opportunity to love on and to get to know our neighbors. Unlike any other holiday in America, neighborhoods come together, parties are expected, and people come to your door. So what are you going to do? Are you going to turn off the lights and condemn whatever powerless enemy you think is being celebrated? Or are you going to throw the best neighborhood party and get to know the people who live next door? You get to decide what Halloween means for your family. You can be the person that brings your neighbors together, or you can miss the easiest opportunity to begin a relationship that could impact the people you live around. Remember, it's the spirit of Christ that brings people together. It's the spirit of religion that rips people apart. As Brennan Manning once said, Jesus did not die at the hands of muggers, rapists, and thugs. He fell into the well-scrubbed hands of deeply religious people. Hmm. That's really good, dude. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. So, again, this isn't to bring condemnation if you don't, but it's just to bring perspective about this is an opportunity. Maybe you don't want to celebrate by letting your kids dress up, but what if you had an awesome, you know, like, drinks in your driveway and you got to meet your neighbors and tell them who you are maybe build a relationship with the people that were supposed to be impacting you know we talk about you don't need to go third world country to go on a mission trip and you definitely don't need to go on a mission trip if you can't go across the street and here's your opportunity right absolutely and i will uh, go ahead and give props real quick to uh, pastor tish who are is our children's pastor here at Mm -hmm. hill city and i know that she actually has a neighborhood that is like Crazy, crazy at Halloween. Like it's popping. People from all over Floyd County actually go to her neighborhood. It's awesome. Everyone goes all out. But I will probably say that she has, um, I'll probably say, I will say that she probably has the best and biggest 
party for the entire neighborhood than anyone else. And I love that. She has food and chili and bathrooms and drinks and bags. And she gives out like the best candy. And why not? Everybody in the neighborhood knows her now. Exactly. So take off any type of shame both ways. Follow your convictions. Don't make your convictions the mandatory convictions of other people. But we want to encourage you. Use this as an awesome opportunity to get to know your neighbors, to be available, to let them know that you care, that you love them, and that you want the best for them. Yep. And speaking of loving on them, just for you, just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) 